Hello and welcome to Hands-On Techie Talks, where we talk about all things creation, innovation, and environmental change for kids like you. We are two girls who are current students and future engineers who love using technology to solve the problems that we see around us. My name is Danielle Boyer, and I'm a young Indigenous educator, author, and robot maker. And I'm Vinia Gunashaker, a 13-year-old changemaker who loves robots, helping my community, and protecting our environment. I'm South Indian. <laughs> this podcast is sponsored by the STEAM Connection, where we make accessible, affordable, and diverse science, technology, engineering, art, and math educational resources for kids and build up future STEAM superheroes. You can learn more and start making your own robots now at www.steamconnection.org. Be sure to check it out. You can follow along with each episode at www.steamconnection.org slash hands-on. We are bringing in even more content soon, and I cannot wait to share it with you all. I even did some illustrations so that you can download your own posters on the topics that we've talked about during this podcast. Stay tuned. It'll be up so, so soon. Love you all, and I can't wait to share these really special drawings and content with you. Last week, we talked about Pride Month and all about sustainable packaging and everything from makeup packaging to even shoeboxes. We talked about how packaging is everywhere and involves every part of our lives in some way or another. I think it's crazy, to be honest. I mean, right now, I'm sitting next to the packaging for hand sanitizer and another that held some vitamins. I've been learning so much about sustainable packaging lately, especially about the application of things like seaweed and... I have loved learning about it. I think that it is a new passion of mine that ties in heavily with engineering and with design too, and with science even. Today is World Ocean Day, so we're going to be finishing out this mini-series on plants and growth and transitioning into our newest mini-series on animals and protecting them. We've talked a bit about this in the past, but I cannot wait to go more in depth. This is such an exciting topic for us. I want you all to draw your favorite animal as you listen to this episode. It'll come in handy next episode. One of my favorite animals is jellyfish because I learned about this one species of jellyfish in school that can biologically live forever. And that sounds pretty cool to me. It's actually nicknamed the immortal jellyfish. Danielle, I know your favorite animal is a stingray because you've shown me your stingray stuffed animal collection before and because you wear a scarf with a stingray on it all of the time. (laughs) <laughs> You're right. I love stingrays. Um, I've been a little bit obnoxious about it too in the past. I remember when I just bought a bunch of new stingrays and I was like, I was like, oh my gosh, look at my stingrays. But I have a stuffed uh, stingray. Um, its name is Penelope. It's sparkly and it's purple. It's from the Seattle Aquarium. And I have another that is uh, made from recycled plastic bottles, also from the same aquarium. Uh, the Seattle Aquarium is my favorite place to go, and I actually went a couple weeks ago, and I got to see some really cool like octopi in this giant octopus, which was really cool. And um, when I first went, I was really bummed out because I learned that um, you know they had the octopus there, and I uh, octopus are very very smart, right? They're very intelligent. They can solve puzzles. They can do so many different things. And I was like, oh my gosh, they're keeping this little o- or big octopus cooped up in this little container, like. This is really sad. And what if it's for its whole life? And then I learned that they only keep the octopus for like six uh, months to like eight months. And I felt so much better about it. So they they <laughs> grab the octopus so we can see it. And they actually spend a lot of time sleeping. And so people can study it and look at it and appreciate it. And then they put it back in the ocean 
um, afterward. And so uh, I think that's really cool. And they even have like different breeding efforts um, to help um, increase how many stingrays there are. So I was I was wowed. Um, I I went after closing time and I just talked to the employees about that. And I thought it was so cool. Um, I also got to see a seal wake up another seal I was as it was sleeping. Um, the woken up seal continued to slap the other seal for waking it up. It was so funny, and I got it on video too. A fun fact about stingrays is many stingrays like to live by themselves and only come together for breeding and migration. Some of the largest rays, such as the manta rays and cow nose rays, never stop swimming and migrate in their thousands to feeding grounds each year. These large groups can reach up to 10,000 individuals and are known as a fever. So like there's a gaggle of geese um, and then there's a fever of stingrays. I think that's so cool. We'll talk more about animals later. I, As you can tell, I love to talk about animals. But uh, let's talk about plants, starting with a crazy thing that was on the news last year. So last year, a crazy thing happened. People started receiving mysterious packages of seeds that they never ordered. They would just show up on their doorstep. Most of the seeds contained things like sunflowers, broccoli, green beans, and more. There were hundreds of reports. Not only was there a bunch of news reports, but a bunch of TikToks on it too. But why? Well, it was thought to be a marketing scam. Free seeds may seem like a good thing, but it can actually pose a huge risk. Yep, and it gets weirder. The seeds can pose a risk to local plants and the environment. But why? Planting things is good, right? Well, not always. Not if those seeds are an invasive species. But what is an invasive species? An invasive species can be any kind of living organism that is not native to an ecosystem and causes harm. But that still doesn't explain how it can cause harm. Invasive species are harmful to things like fish, wildlife, plant, and overall ecosystem health because they disrupt natural communities and ecological processes. Each ecosystem is carefully knit together with every animal and every plant and things like that so that everything can work around each other and have a healthy life. Basically, the invasive species can outcompete the native species for food and habitats can even cause the extinction of the native species. Study.com actually has an amazing way of explaining it, a way that we've seen in our own neighborhoods. So this is a scenario from Study.com. After many years of owning a pet goldfish, you decide to set them free in a nearby pond. The following year, you glance in the pond and you see goldfish everywhere. What happened? If you set an animal free into the wild, it could have a huge impact on the environment around it. For example, when you set some goldfish free into a pond or lake, they immediately start eating everything they can, which means less food for the other fish, the fish that are native to that pond. This is just one example of an invasive species, which is a living thing that gets introduced to a new place that it doesn't normally belong to, in which it typically causes harm. If you look at the word invasive, it may remind you of the word invade. This makes sense because an animal can invade an area, dominate it, and leave very little for other living things to survive, especially things like food and resources. So this doesn't just apply to plants, but animals too, and ties are too serious together in a crazy way. And in my own neighborhood, we actually have a little pond, and there was a lot of fish and a lot of animals in the pond. 
And there's even screaming frogs, which I thought were really cool, um, including snakes that my mom has pet on the head. Um, anyways, one day I looked over and I saw a bunch of goldfish in the pond. I was like, okay, you know, goldfish. That's kind of weird. Like, are people just sticking their goldfish in this pond? And then I came back a few months later and I saw hundreds of goldfish. Now our pond is a giant goldfish pond. And they took resources that the other fish needed. And now I don't see those fish anymore. So those goldfish may have driven the other animals to extinction in that pond based off of all the resources they were taking up that wasn't originally meant for them. The people who buy the goldfish should be taking care of the goldfish. I think when they stuck, um, I think a lot of people like stuck injured goldfish into the pond and it ended up uh, getting healthier because it was taking resources away and it was a bigger area to swim in. I think it's a reminder of if you get a new animal, you should be able to take care of it or you should be able to give the animal to someone who can take care of it. Um, but yeah, uh, buying an animal, uh, taking in an animal is a huge, huge decision. Um, and it can also extend to plants too. Bringing in a plant can be a huge decision as well. I think it's crazy. A makeup brand makes sustainable packaging that you can plant, featuring seeds, wildflowers actually. The makeup brand was all over stores, but one day just disappeared altogether, almost entirely, with a big hole in the stores where they used to be. This is because a lot of their products are being discontinued. Their idea is awesome, but if you are not careful, you can end up planting a plant in a spot where it doesn't belong. It basically means learn about a plant before you plant it and check out where its home is. In a product I'm developing, I also want to add seeds, but I want to add seeds that are native to the area where the product is actually going. That is where the dangers of mass manufacturing comes in. It's harder to customize your product and make sure it benefits one specific area if you're manufacturing a lot of product all at once or you don't necessarily control things like distribution. If you don't know where your product is going afterward, like say, for example, um, I decide to sell my product in like Target or Walmart, I might not know who's buying it. So I need to make sure that if I put seeds in my product, it's going to a specific location where the seeds are supposed to go. There's actually different marketing models about this, and I could I could totally nerd out. But there's there's two main models called business to business and business to consumer. So, for example, let's say I'm the business. If I'm selling to consumer, uh, a consumer would be someone buying something like directly off a shelf or an individual. A business would be selling to another company, right? So they could use that for many different purposes. They could use it for production in their company. They could use it to sell as a company to a consumer. They could go business to business to consumer. Basically, it's a, it's a chain of where a product is going. And it's really important to know as designers, where's our product going and why? And so the product that I'm designing with seeds is meant to go from a business to a business in a specific area. And that's a very, very important thing and a very specific thing to note too. It means a more careful and custom approach has to be taken if we're using uh, methods that could harm one area but benefit another. So that means we have to be very conscious, very careful, and we have to have uh, make sure our consumers and the businesses that we work with are in on our decision and understand why we're making the decisions that we are. As sustainable designers, we have to think about these things. Exactly. We have to think about our impact and be conscious. Even decisions that seem small and not that big of a deal can be a huge deal in reality. I think that seeds are an awesome lesson about this. When I first heard about the mysterious seeds appearing and then the seed packaging mysteriously disappearing, I was like, what is happening? I had no idea that seeds could cause so many problems. And I think it teaches us an important lesson. 
So what can we do about invasive species? Volunteer at your local park, refugee, or other wildlife area and help remove invasive species. Help educate others about the threat and share about it with your friends and your family. You can even volunteer with places like Nature Conservancy. Thank you so much, Vinia, for telling us about um, what we can do about invasive species because it is really, really important. And Vinia, earlier when we were writing this script, you talked a bit about a resource um, that's like a comic book where superheroes remove invasive species. Can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah, so this competition is called Super Youper. It actually doubles as a book series and an art competition. So if you like reading and you like art, this can be the perfect opportunity for you. You can earn money by winning the grand prize and things like that. All of the money that is created by um, entering in this competition is all donated to things that can help remove invasive species. So about the book series, the book series is called Super Youper. It's a really cool book series, and I could, I would recommend reading it. It's about superheroes that try taking invasive species out of the Great Lakes. It's actually based here in Michigan, so if you live here, um, hi! I think that is so, so cool, and I had never heard of Super Youper before, so I'm super eager to look more into it. And so that wraps up our mini-series where we talk about plants and growth. This mini-series spanned over a few months, and honestly, I learned so much in the process. It was such a great learning experience, and I learned a lot of things that I hadn't known before. I also discovered a new passion and love for things like sustainable packaging, plants, and stuff in a way that I hadn't before. I, I feel more driven to study science and to study biology, and I hadn't always felt like I was good at it before. I felt like, you know, I, I felt like, oh my gosh, it's not robotics, so I'm not going to be good at it. But that's not true. If you're interested in it, you can learn more about it. You don't have to pursue a career in it to love what you're doing and love learning. So um, thank you so much for listening to this mini series. And I cannot wait for next episode where we will be launching into our new mini series on animals.